Welcome to the Homeschool Unlocked podcast, the show that helps parents see homeschooling as a unique opportunity. So forget fear. You can inspire. You can guide your child. Homeschool Unlocked. It's not school. It's life. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous, my queen. How are you? I'm doing great. And as a school psychologist, maybe you can help me out with this question. I'm ready. What? Let's go. All right. Why did the magazine go to therapy? It was mad. Like mad magazine. Anger. Not uh, Anger. It didn't go to therapy for anger. Nope. Nope. Okay. Another guess or you want me to tell you? No. Please tell me. Well, it just had too many issues. The magazine had too many issues. Too many issues. That's why it went to therapy. That's excellent. That excellent. That must have been written by a psychologist. <laughs> Some crazy person like that. Well, hello and welcome. If you're just joining us for the first time, thank you. We are Jesus and Monica. Yes, I am Jesus Aviles. And like you had mentioned earlier, you are Monica Aviles. We are Homeschool Unlocked, where what we talk about isn't school, it's life. So just That's to give right. you a little update of what our whole concept is about at Homeschool Unlocked, listen, we believe homeschool needs to be on your bucket list. Why? Why do we say that? Because we chase experiences and we are firm believers that there's an experience to be had in the homeschool setting that you cannot get anywhere else. Listen, if you look at your checkbook and you look at your calendar, you will see that occasional pursuit of an experience, right? You go camping, you go on this trip, you go on that trip, you go to the movies, you just do different things, right? Some things longer than others. We're just here to tell you that there's something to be experienced here at the homeschool setting that you can't find anywhere else. So we ask that you that you just try it for a season. It could be a forever season, all schooling, or it could just be two, three months. That is absolutely true. And today we are going to be talking about the importance of reading aloud to your children, even when it might only be for 10 minutes a day. Why or how can 10 minutes a day impact your homeschool experience? 10 minutes a day keeps the doctor away. Oh, I like that. I like, I think that's good. 10 minutes a day is important. It's valuable and it's doable. And that's the beauty of it. Sometimes it's what you can replicate that will make the greatest impact. And so if you spend 10 minutes a day reading aloud to your children, over time, the compounding interest or benefits will be felt. Now, I do get a chance to read to the kids during the day, but sometimes Jesus will only get to read to them for a few minutes. I mean, maybe up to 10 minutes, but we wanna spend some time today sharing why that is so important and why it should be included in your homeschool experience. Yeah, if you go back the last two episodes where we talked about the science of reading, the return on investment when you read to your kids is is exponential, especially when you think of the top two brain functions involved, which is language development and auditory processing. So just think about it. We're asking you to give your kids 10 minutes, the return on that in terms of just what it does for the brain, obviously, which you can't see, which in time you will experience, right? When your kids communicate, when your kids, you know, socially engage, right? All these things that are just required and part of life, you reading to your kids satisfies or meets the need of the top two functions of the brain, which is auditory processing and that whole phonics piece. Definitely, not to mention what it does in terms of building memories. And so 
at night, for example, Jesus will go in, and not every night. There are some nights that are just long nights for us. If I and if I can add, you you see Monica's beauty on that because I'm here talking about brain function and bleep 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 neurons, and she's just talking about memories, the experience. <laughs> this is how homeschool unlocked is is a very well rounded instrument for you. I bring that up because having a few young children, it can be sometimes a little, it was daunting for me, thinking of all the things that maybe I could do, but I'm not. And so remembering that even small things done consistently, in love, with passion, and excitement are going to have a compounding, um, beautiful effect on the lives of your children. And I say that because when I had several small children, it could sometimes feel overwhelming if even the smallest things like at bedtime. I remember my mom would go in and she'd spend time with us. I mean, it got to the point where she had to kind of rotate, but I remember she would go in and spend time with us at night. But me having a bunch of young kids and just feeling fatigued and in that season of life, that was so difficult. So one way that we decided, okay, how can we still make bedtime special and at the same time make it repeatable and enjoyable? And so we made sure that everyone knew when bedtime was coming up and you got ready for bed, you got tucked in bed, we gave each other like, okay, good night hugs and kisses and then you went to bed. And then once everyone's in bed, daddy would sit in the hallway because we had, it was a small hallway, but on one end was the boys room, on the other end was the girls room and the bathroom was in the middle. And so now they know they can't get out of bed because you know if you weren't in bed then you'd miss out on the reading time and so it was like motivation to get in bed so you see how we try to put that like you want this beautiful thing of getting read to to happen so you have to cooperate and make sure that you are ready for bed that you're in your room and then daddy's gonna read and he would only read about 10 minutes because at that time Jesus was working in downtown Miami and so sometimes his commute would be like an hour and a half each way, even 10 minutes. But then they would sit in bed, they could ask a couple questions after daddy read. But now, 10 years later, the kids still talk about that. They still remember like, oh, remember daddy would read to us in the hallway. So now Geronimo and Joel are hearing that. And they're like, wait a minute, we want that too. So now we're recreating that for them. They also have to be in bed and then daddy will read to them. But tell us a little more about- I can add on that whole compounding item there, you know, the compounding effect, it does get to a particular point where 10 minutes is enough. And that's all right. I used to tell the kids, well, man, can't you wait for the day when you can pick up your own book? Yeah, it's true. And read yourself and not depend, waiting to see if, if daddy gets home in time or, you know, does he get here before, um, you know, it's time for me to go to bed or, you know, there were times when I'd be reading and I think I'd fall asleep. And there would be long pauses, and I would hear the kids, hey, Daddy, you're awake. And I'd, I'd continue to read, and we'd laugh at each other. But in terms of the compounding effect, not only is vocabulary being built, which is like the number one thing kids need, right? Um, the, the, the kids wanted to be read more to, right? I mean, there's a nice little piece where you don't necessarily end a particular paragraph when you're reading. Like, you kind of stop midway. Right, because you want them to come back tomorrow. So that's just a little hint, right, when you're reading to your kids. Don't necessarily finish the chapter or finish the page. Kind of just take it almost to the edge. Like a little cliffhanger. Yeah, and you want them to come back to it, right? I think it was the, the theory of closure, right? It's just some sort of concept where people just naturally want things closed and ended. And so if you stop it just before that, you've been there before, right? There are times when you're having conversations with people and you kind of just stop before the ending and they look at you like, and what happened? 
Well, you can do that when you're reading to kind of just generate interest into the next day. That's just a little hint. But, but as you read, they will want more. They will want more and then you turn that in time. Hey, let's position you so that you don't have to wait for me. You can pick up a book anytime you want. You know how many stories we got here? And so all of a sudden, just sticking with that whole compounding item of just reading to your kids. So they would go to bed with these beautiful stories in their mind and in their hearts. And the next day, they would be talking about it in the morning. They're, they're hearing vocabulary words in the stories. We're discussing that even at breakfast or over lunch. They're not reading the story themselves, but they're still growing their comprehension skills. And they're becoming critical thinkers because, like you said, you, you're sharing the story, but you're not necessarily finishing that scene, you know, that, that part. And so they're having to kind of imagine and be critical thinkers. What could happen? What You know, why would this be good? Why would it not be good? So even as we decided not to teach them reading at an early age, they are still seeing the value of words and stories and the power of a beautiful tale. So they are building their concentration because they're they're actively listening to you. They're like, I mean, I remember them hanging on. And like you would say, if you fell asleep, they were tracking. And so they noticed that, okay, daddy, daddy dozed off. Their communication, all these beautiful things are happening as you read to them for 10 minutes a day. And then eventually, yes, they start wanting to read on their own. Just to rattle off all the benefits that we've talked about so far, you know, it promotes literacy. We've mentioned that. It promotes vocabulary, right? It getting bigger, it expanding. Comprehension skills, right? Understanding, right? As they track. And that whole concept of tracking ties back to Monica's attention and concentration. We're talking about language. We're talking about language mastery. And we're talking about kids' ability to articulate a story. It, it will get to a time where the kids are going to be told, you need to articulate your own story, right? So all of a sudden, hearing the stories of others, hearing decisions others make and the consequences of those, right? Storytelling does a lot. And, and really is a beautiful thing. And I know for our kids, there you would not necessarily be able to tell that they couldn't read on their own when they were younger because their vocabulary, their imagination, they had so many stories that they had been that had been shared with them that it wasn't unless you ask them to read something that you realize, oh, they're not fluent in this area. Yeah, and if I can give you a little hint, I'm sorry to always go back to the brain a little bit, but sometimes you'll be reading to a kid, and when you look at their eyes, the eyes jump to the left. right? When the eyes jump to the left, they're attacking their, or they're using their, their language part of their brain. Right? Just think about it. When the kids begin to dig to the right, that's imagination. Right. That is a uh, hint, hint, how I would also tell uh, when kids were lying. Right. When I was an assistant principal, I used to look at their eyes. I used to ask them for details. When they dug into the left, they're digging into memories. They're digging into language. When they kind of look to the right a little bit, that's when I realized, oh, they're using imagination. Right. I mean, that was my little thing. Top secret. It's now let out. But the item being that you'll just notice your kids as you read to them, you'll see them at early on dig to the right side and begin imagining all these scenes. Now, it's a bit different now with all the access to the television. Maybe they don't need to imagine too, too much. Maybe they're just recalling memories. You got the whole little left brain, right brain, all that stuff being developed. Now, aside from that whole brain piece, listen, reading to a child is very stress-reducing. Mm -hmm. It relaxes them. That is true. It kind of shifts them. It kind of downshifts. All right, guys, time to settle down. Let's read a book. And so now you begin to bring that into that whole equation, you know, that whole stress reduction, how do you deal with thoughts and emotions, just a little, little time out through reading. 
And I also want to add, because for us, traveling is not something that we did a lot of, and we still don't do a lot of traveling as a family. We would get to explore and imagine and hear about different cultures as we were reading to the kids. Yes, I mean, we, we we read the Chronicles of Narnia. We read Crispin. We've read many books that right now I'm drawing a blank, but we've read many books together. And it's a way that we can travel without leaving our home, which I would honestly have to remind myself, hey, hundreds of years ago, traveling was not, it didn't look the same as it does today. And so I am not depriving my children or doing them a disservice because we are not traveling all over the place. So it sounds silly, but sometimes as, you know, as a mom, there's just things that you want to be able to do. And you're like, well, you know, how can I do that? So that is also why our plant-based supplements are something that I'm really excited about and I love to share about because all the health challenges that we have faced over the years are being addressed. And travel, which is less of a concern in some ways now because my children are older, they're more aware, they're more independent. But when they were younger and we had all these health challenges and I was the only one, well, it would say Zeus and I, but you know, mom in a special way has to be monitoring everyone's health. Traveling was very difficult. So I'm very thankful, excited, and happy to share about our supplements because they're already helping us improve and feel better in ways that we haven't before. And reading beautiful stories to your children also allows them to learn lessons without actually having to go through something themselves. We read City of Orphans by Avi, Adorn the Wall, just learning about what was it like to be young in a different time period. What were the responsibilities? What were the expectations of children in a different time? And how does that compare with what you, what's expected of you nowadays? I mean, was it unreasonable back then to have no chores? Is it unreasonable today to have no chores? Different things. So we're talking about different cultures. We're able to travel without leaving our home until, yes, eventually the travel can pick up. It is a time to slow down, like you were saying, and it, also do these other things. And, and if I could say just the things you've been talking about, the, just the past two to three minutes, you know, really, really built the cultural awareness in our kids, really built that whole moral ethical development, right? Because mm. we're putting them in situations through these characters, right? They don't necessarily need to experience this themselves, right? But they're, they're learning vicariously. They're learning indirectly. So that whole imagination, creativity, stress reduction piece, that's all super great on that whole emotional, psychological side of development. But the social benefit with regards to awareness, different cultures. And sometimes we're talking about, you know, the cultures of mice compared to the cultures of rats and other animals, right? When we went through the Red, Red Wall, Wall series, right? Yeah. So you have all that social skill, cultural awareness, moral ethical development stuff that's just super duper embedded in all the things. So not only just reading to your kids, you got to make good decisions as to what you're going to read. So, so Monica, tell us about that lifelong impact. And our experience has also shown that even when children do not learn how to read independently at a young age, they still will grow up to appreciate good stories and love reading later on. You're developing in them a love for stories because they don't read independently when they're younger. You have that added responsibility. But what it does allow you to do is then have conversations with them that otherwise 
might be difficult because you don't know exactly everything that they're reading and what questions. I mean, when you're reading out loud, it fosters an environment of conversation. And in the long run, it does foster a love of learning. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. There's a new episode every Wednesday. Follow me at mrs.moni.aviles on Instagram for more daily tips and motivation. That's right. Do that. Love you guys. And share. Thank you for spending time with us today. Check out our link below and subscribe to our podcast. We hope that we helped you by unlocking a new way of seeing homeschooling. Who else needs to hear this? Only you know. So take action and share it. Because remember, homeschool unlocked. It's not school. It's life. <laughs>